Hello and welcome to the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we appreciate you joining us today as we continue in our series of podcasts that have been focusing on current topics and events shaping our society, the world of education, and the local church. And today we're going to continue in our Christmas podcast series that we've entitled Five Gifts of Advent. The theme for this episode is faith, and we're pleased to have Dr. David White, a member of Dallas Christian College's Bible faculty here, joining us to discuss this topic. Dr. White did a podcast with us back this past summer, and David, we're glad to have you joining us today. It's good to be back. Great. Helping to guide our discussion, as always, is the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, Mr. Mark Worley, Vice President of Institutional Advancement. So, Mark, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you facilitate this episode of the Five Gifts of Advent, focusing on faith. Yeah, so thanks, Scott. And, uh, <clears throat> David, good to, good to have you back. And I, I got to, you know, when you think of uh, this idea of faith, I mean, I love, the, I love the topic. I love what we're talking about. But you, you, you don't always think of faith as a gift. You think of it as something that's... Uh, that, that you give, uh, you give faith or you have faith in, but uh, you've chosen faith as a gift. How, how does that work? Well, I, I go back to when my kids were little. I would, Connie and I would put together Christmas presents, and I was always find like the biggest box I could find and wrap and put it somewhere near the tree just to see the expression on their faces when they, you know, come down the stairs and see, holy cow, what's in that box? You know, and, and it could be something really <laughs> it's a small. a big one. Yeah. And it was usually something for Connie, so the kids didn't get to open it. But they were always amazed at the beautifully wrapped big present. And I think, you know, the gifts of Advent, when we look at faith, I think faith is a big box gift. I think it's one of those gifts at Advent that it doesn't fit on under the tree. It barely fits in the room when we think about it. Um, I did a search uh, on our Bible software and said, I wonder how many times faith is used or the words translated faith are used in the Bible. And I came up with 422 verses and 450 times the word is used. Wow. And that's a lot. It is. And then I started doing a little more research and I, I realized something that faith is one of those, I call them big church words we use that we don't readily <laughs> yeah. define. Yeah, I was gonna ask, so, okay, how, how would you define faith? It's, it's so huge, as you said, so big. So how would we uh, break that down into just a tiny morsel? What would, what would be the, the... Well, I don't know if we're ever gonna get into a tiny morsel, but <laughs> at least a mouthful. Yeah. Um, I, I found this definition and I really liked it. Faith is the trustful human response to God's self-revelation via his words and his actions. So what he says and what he does and how we respond to it. Uh, for example, um, we respond to the gospel message, God's word, with faith, our trustful human response. Uh, another way to state this might be that faith is our personal knowledge or our personal experience of God, how we experience Him. And I think that uh, that word experience tends to speak to our culture today. So when you're talking about experience, uh, I mean, 
does somebody need that an experience uh, to know that they have faith? How would you know you have faith? Well, I, I think this is the the where we have trouble defining it because uh, through the theological lens and the philosophical lens, we've kind of distorted you know, the idea of faith that, you know, you've got to have faith. How do I know if I have faith? How, how you know, how does all this work together? Um, I kind of look at the, the gift of faith as something that needs to be regifted. And, and I know when we think about regifting things, you know, you get a gift and, ooh, I don't like this, we'll give it to somebody else. Um, I remember when we were, years ago, we were in San Antonio, and a family in the church gave us a metal reindeer for a, for a Christmas decoration. And the only problem with that was we had a little boy of about four years old who saw the Christmas specials and assumed all reindeers could fly, including this metal. <laughs> so we ended up with a three-legged reindeer because, well... They actually didn't fly. And uh, the next year, or a couple of years down the road, we had this, um, oh, it was a uh, white elephant gift where you give something that you, you know, didn't want anymore or something. And it was, uh, it, and we gave away a three-legged reindeer. <laughs> and the people that got the three-legged reindeer, we had forgotten were the ones that had given us the reindeer. The four-legged oh, reindeer. Wow. The four-legged reindeer. It's like, they looked at it, it's like, we just yeah david thought they could fly but um i think this one gift of faith in advent really needs to be regifted in order to understand it because as i experience jesus as i experience the the word of god in my life and experience god and come to know him i really don't understand that gift until I give it to someone else and see their expression of opening that gift or finding their own experience. Now, the, the idea of experience, I think, can be troubling because it doesn't need to be some out-of-this-world experience. You can experience by turning on your phone to a Bible app and reading the Christmas story or reading the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and that is an experience with God through his word. So it doesn't have to be something big and showy. It can just be something quiet in your room as you read Scripture. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I love Romans 1 where Paul says, I can't wait to get to see you, to hear your stories of faith. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I, and I, the, the concept of sharing the story, I think that's, that's the, the giving, the, the re-gifting of faith. Hmm. And a great gift to give at uh, Christmas time, for sure. Most definitely. Yeah, so, um, you know, you, you see the different aspects of faith in the New Testament. I know uh, we've talked about uh, great stories of faith. And even a uh, fun part is where Jesus calls, nicknames uh, the disciples, little faiths. Yes. Oh, you, uh, you little faiths. And it gives me hope. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. So one one of those times, right, was when uh, they're on the they're on the Sea of Galilee, and there's a storm, and uh, take it from there. Well, you know, just as I was looking through and trying to, to put faith into twenty minutes, you know, taking a, a mouthful of faith, 
uh, and to talk about it, I, I was drawn to the words of Jesus, how Jesus used faith. And, and he really breaks it down twi- into, into two groups, two big groups. But the first one was, you know, the people that knew him, the people he had a relationship with, or in some cases, like the religious leaders, the people that were supposed to know him and were blinded by their own whatever. But, you know, when, when Jesus is on the Sea of Galilee and this huge storm blows up, and the disciples, most of them are fishermen, so they know exactly what a storm means in a small fishing boat. Uh, they knew they were in trouble. So they wake Jesus up, and, you know, in my mind, I, I see Jesus, you know, one eye open out of a deep sleep, maybe a good dream, and he kind of looks up over the, the railing of the boat and just looks at the waves and said, Do you mind? Just be quiet. I'm sleeping here. And then he looks at his disciples and says, You still don't get it? You of little faith. And, and when he does that, you know, I, I, I think that Jesus is challenging their faith. Now, notice I said challenge and not question, uh, because I think those are two different concepts. To challenge our faith is to encourage it to grow and to mature. And I see this essential as an essential element to our sanctification as we are transformed into the image of Christ. Think about Paul's anthropomorphic language where he, he's always talking about our, the growing of our faith and we mature in our faith. Now let's transition that or transfer that to the image of a baby growing in her mother's womb. And from conception, the child grows and transforms into what it will become. Uh, you, you look at the, the images of a baby at 10 weeks and then 20 weeks and then the, the full term, and you see a radical transformation. We see that same kind of radical transformation in our spiritual lives. We are growing in our faith so that we can be transformed into that image, to what we will become. And having our faith challenged, I think, makes that transformation possible. I, I don't think that without our faith challenged that we would ever be the people that God calls us to be. So, so really, faith is the basic, but you continue to grow on that faith. Like Peter says, Second Peter 1, add to your faith goodness, goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, to, to the ultimate, which is uh, love. Yeah. And when you think of it, let's go back to the, the, the story of Jesus on the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. These fishermen knew what it meant, and Jesus is challenging them. He's saying, look, you can trust your experience on the sea, or you can trust in me. And that's a big hurdle, because they knew, they had experienced life on the water for many years. And now Jesus is saying, trust me more than your own perception or your own experience. And uh, that's a big hurdle. And, uh, you know, I think if we'd ask ourselves, you know, do I trust God's word over my own lived experience? Um, And I would say that many of us, myself included, could be accused of having a little faith at times. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I I recently, you know, as uh, many of the listeners might know, I've gone through a situation with my wife uh, with cancer. And uh, God had it, and people were like praying all over the place. But uh, at the very last minute, when uh, they had seen cancer, another cancer, 
and then there was prayers all over the place and then there wasn't a cancer I was amazed and I was amazed that I was amazed and it's like didn't you have faith man God can deal with this and yet it just you know it's like Acts 12 they were praying fervently for Peter and when Peter shows up at the door they think it's his ghost yeah exactly <laughs> and, and, and everybody that's praying for for you and Caroline were are sitting there going your faith is amazing and you're going our faith is so small and, yeah. and it's your perspective versus people that are watching the, yeah. the both of you go through this together and it's yeah. uh, but it, it's a challenge and you know it's uh, yeah, going to be a good story in the end well yeah, <laughs> yeah. in the midst of it yeah. yeah there is that yeah I can see where that gift then w- of faith would would be a, such a great gift yeah, yeah. then there's a the second group you know, there's the people that know him. Then there's the people who don't. And, and if you just read it, you think, well, Jesus is, you know, commending these people that don't know him and haven't been following him for years. And, you know, he's kind of picking on the people that know him well. But the, this group of people that don't know him, um, and we think of the, the people that are encountering him as he commends them for their faith now. And I think I think the the best story, or the, the really the two best stories, I I think about the 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 man who can't walk, who his friends pick him up, pick him up, and say, "Hey, we're going to go to Jesus." And they come to the house, and it's full. So they they look, say, "Hey, look, there's a there's we can get up there, and we'll dig through, and we'll drop drop him down right in front of Jesus." And they're literally digging through the guy's house with their hands, and. I can imagine Jesus just looking up and seeing the, the plaster fall. And then comes the guy. And then I love what Jesus says. He says, because of their faith. It's not the, the man's faith, but it's the man's faith and the faith of his four friends. They didn't know Jesus before that. They just heard the stories. Oh, yeah, man. You know, <clears throat> I mean, just the audacity of their faith. You know, if they'd have torn that place apart... And then it's like, oh, okay, he didn't come through. I mean, how awkward would that have been, you know? <laughs> but but those guys didn't think about that. You know, they didn't think about the what ifs. They just thought about uh, their th- this this they Jesus. They were going to be stopped. Yeah, this Jesus could do this. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the the coolest example is the the Roman centurion in Matthew eight. Oh man, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought him up. That's amazing. You know, this guy, first of all, he doesn't just send an aide. This guy, an officer, is going to Jesus himself on behalf of a servant. And, you know, he, he was ill. He needed healing. So the soldier goes up, and he knew proper etiquette. He knew that he could not ask a Jewish rabbi to come into his home. But yet he's smart enough, and he figures it out that... All Jesus has to do is say the word. Yeah. And then Jesus says, I haven't seen this much faith in any Israelite. Yeah. That this Roman soldier who doesn't really know who God is, doesn't know the Yahweh of the Old Testament, and he is the antithesis of the Jewish leaders. That they don't like this these guys. Yeah. And this guy comes to Jesus in humility and says, would you heal my servant? What faith? But yet he doesn't know him. Yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting that, uh, that I love that you use that passage 
David, because, you know, uh, there's only two times, I, I did a study of that passage, and there's only two times in the whole New Testament that Jesus is totally amazed, totally blown away. And this is one of them. It says, Jesus, totally amazed at this man's faith, says, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. He was amazed at his incredible faith. And the other time was when he was in his hometown of Nazareth, and they thought <laughs> they sought to kill him. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Isn't that crazy? Two yeah. times Jesus is blown away, yeah. one at faith, one at lack of faith. But Pretty then notice what Jesus says to, to the guy. He says, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about this is in our English translations, we use the word believed. But it's actually the same, it's the, it's the verb form of the Greek word faith, pistis, which is translated faith. So we could translate that sentence, and if we had a verb form of the word faith, go, let it be done for you as you have faithed. Because of your faith, it's being done for you. Huh. And, and, and talk about this is a, a, a justification type faith. This is the, the gift that allows you to come into contact with the cross of Christ uh, today. It's, this is the, the type faith that, that leads you to salvation. So it's a, a little bit different. And it's that, that great faith that saves us, that allows us again to experience him. I love how one uh, lexicon put it, a, a dictionary, it said, to consider something to be true and worthy of one's trust. So this guy knew that Jesus could heal him and trusted him to the point where you don't even have to go lay your hand on him. I just, I believe and I trust that this is going to happen if you say so. So you ask yourself the question, you know, who do I say Jesus? Who do I say is Jesus? You know, who is he? And uh, is there faith there? Do you really trust him? Yeah, David, you know, when you, when you came to faith in your own life, what did that look like? For me, growing, it, it was, I, I don't have the, the great story. I grew up in the church. Uh, my parents grew up in the church. They joked that my parents joked that they met in the nursery at the church. Um, you know, the the history of my family goes back to the the hills of West Virginia, and my great 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 grandfather, a guy that you may have heard of, a guy named Devil Lance Hatfield. After all the Hatfield McCoy feud, went to this little Restoration Movement Church of Christ in West Virginia heard the gospel and was baptized in the creek behind the church. And that was, you know, so the story of great faith and transformation. But, you know, you look at your life and you see just the truth of the gospel. And you, whether you grew up in the church or you didn't, you still have to ask, who is Jesus to me? And, and that, that experience. That, but that has to be uh, an individual thing as well i yes. mean you can't you can't slide in on your parents gr no. grandparents great great grandparents great great you yeah know, you just you, you may have that family but it's got to be you receiving that gift right. but you know the the family can can lead you along and direct you and make sure that you at least hear the news the good news and have the chance to make that decision for yeah, yourself you can certainly yeah. set the pattern of faith oh, definitely 
And I think there's something really to be said for that pattern of faith within the family. Yeah. That's good. Especially this Christmas season. Yes. Very much so. I was drawn right away as you were talking, and it's interesting how much of what you said. Uh, The passage in Romans 10 where Paul talks about, you know, if you declare with your mouth and believe that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And then he says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So there is that element, you know, in our culture today, everybody talks about, well, it's, it's my personal decision. It's my personal faith. It's my own experience. It's me and Jesus. We talk about that a lot when I've taught worship classes, but... Just as you, I mean, I love that, and and, and I I I'm gonna, I want to use that this Christmas. This idea that faith is a gift that really needs to be given away, regifted, and and that I think then okay, yeah, I believe, and now I want to share it with someone else, or I want Mark to become faithed, I want Bruce to become faithed, I want someone else, and then you want to see them give it away, exactly, right, and that's that I think is discipleship. It's interesting. Yes. We could probably talk about this for another two or three podcasts now. Yeah. But, uh, well, I, write that down, Eddie. That's a, <laughs> that's you, you a know, really Scott, good I topic. think it's beautiful that here at DCC, we have so many students that we see their faith grow. Mm-hmm. And when they become re-gifters, mm-hmm. you know, that's just an awesome that's thing it. to see their eyes light up with faith. And then they want to share that faith. And it's just a... That's the heartbeat of what we do here. Exactly. Well, we want to thank you, our listener, for joining us today for this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. We're going to continue uh, in the month of December looking at these five gifts, these five dominant themes of the Advent season in preparation for the coming of Christ. And if you'd like to learn more about Dallas Christian College, we encourage you to go to our website at www.dallas.edu. And there you can check out all of our degree plans. You can check out information on scholarships, learn more about what it would be like to be a student here at Dallas Christian College. Pray that you have a great day. Take care. Stay safe this holiday season. And we pray that your faith will grow as you continue to seek God and seek His will for your life. Thank you for joining us today for the Dallas Leadership Podcast.